Welcome to Crisis Leadership Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how organizations can develop strategies to detect potential crises, manage those crises creatively, and leverage what is learned through crises positively. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jagenba, na Gayabu, Yarrawa peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode has had a career spanning more than three decades in the seed industry. In that time, he has watched the global seed trade grow to become a sophisticated science of superior seed production and a business of multinational trade deals. Des Summers is currently the supply chain manager at Pacific Seeds a hybrid seed business operating both domestically and in the international market. Des is also one of just three directors of Pacific Seeds in Australia. Des Summers, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here, Daniel. Des, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your career at Pacific Seeds? Uh, Sure. I've been with Pacific Seeds twice in my life, believe it or not. uh, Pacific Seeds uh, interviewed a number of... uh, Uh, undergraduate students at university uh, many years ago when I was there and I was lucky enough to get selected in that and um, started off at the bottom of the corporate chain if you like um, doing sort of mundane jobs and then um, sort of graduate gradually work my way up through the business in various roles so I spent about 16 years in Pacific Seeds uh, in that first stint and then since then, I've left Pacific Seeds and uh, done a few other things in my life, uh, one of which was uh, doing, a, um, I started a master's at USQ, did a little bit of tutoring for a while. So I've sat on your side of the desk a little bit and then um, got enticed back into the seed industry with various people. And then some eight years ago, um, got approached uh, once again, and here I am back at Pacific Seeds. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the supply chain manager of Pacific Seeds in Australia. And what does that job involve? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about Pacific Seeds to start with maybe. It's a hybrid seeds business. Uh, it's been in business for about 60 years, so it's got a you know, reasonable history in terms of business. When I say it's a hybrid seed business, we um, research and develop new varieties of hybrid seed um, in broadacre crops. So we're growing things like uh, grain and forage sorghum, canola, uh, sweet corn and maize seed are our major crops. We sell those both domestically and internationally. So there's about 90 people in Pacific Seeds full-time employees. It's part of a, uh, a larger group of companies called Advanta Seeds. So there's companies like Pacific Seeds in other countries throughout the world. And those combined to be uh, a company called Advanta Seeds, which its head office is in Dubai in the UAE. And that in turn is owned by a multinational company called UPL, which is a much larger agrochemical company uh, which is listed on the Mumbai Exchange so it's quite a quite a large 
multinational. So I'm the supply chain manager. Um, it's a senior management role. There's six senior managers that are tasked with running the business here in Australia. And I'm one of those uh, people. There are three domestic directors and I'm one of those. So in supply chain, for those of you who don't really understand hybrid seed, hybrid seeds made from combining two or more inbred uh, lines uh, to create hybrids. We uh, have those lines released from research. They go in turn into parent seed, which purifies and increases the lines, which in turn goes through seed production, commercial seed production, which increases commercial quantities. And then it goes through a processing plant where it's grade and cleaned and bagged and then into a warehouse and dispatch situation where we can distribute it to our customers. So I look after that part, everywhere from research through to where we dispatch bags uh, or pallets of seed to, to our customers. So what sort of issues or might I even say crises would you face, particularly on a day-to-day basis in that position? Is it difficult to get enough supply of seeds to fill the market? I don't know whether crisis is is the right word. I mean, I spend all my life uh, working and thinking about how to prevent uh, crises happening, to be perfectly honest with you, Daniel. So, yes, uh, it it can be challenging to get seed to the marketplace uh, in a timely way because you're, um, you know, it's, there's a large lead time in in hybrid seed. So uh, we might be going to sell something next year. Well, we've really got to be growing it right now in order to be selling it next year. So most of our uh, seed will take at least three months to grow and more often than not, more like four to five months. And we've got to, it's not just a matter of growing the crop harvesting the crop and and then selling it. We've got to run through a a lot of processes before it's released to market. So we've got to do a lot of quality control as well uh, to ensure that we don't release anything that maybe doesn't meet our quality requirements. So yes, we we are uh, meeting crises, um, if you like, on a daily basis in order to meet that supply. You know, we're doing our normal planning, which we do regularly through the business, and and we map out what our requirements are for sales out five years. And we have to do that because if we don't do that, we won't uh, be able to supply because of the time lead that's required because we've got to increase parent seed before we can take that parent seed out into commercial production fields, and then subsequent to that, we've got to do quality control as well. So, you know, it's quite the lead time and the planning on that is crucial because you, if you have an issue in any of those steps, you won't meet the marketplace requirements. Does that sort of planning out for five years at a time lead to possible crises? Lots of trouble, I would think, could come from planning something five years in advance only to find out that possibly the market's not interested in that product anymore? 
yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, absolutely spot on. And, and it leads to, you know, how do you manage that? So we have many different varieties in the marketplace. Um, so for argument's sake, we, um, you know, we have um, a number of different varieties of grain sorghum for argument's sake. So we have some of those varieties will, will be quite, have been around for quite some time. And, and those varieties, farmers and, and um, people in the industry really like those varieties. Uh, they perform well for them. So they're fairly stable in their sales. We have a research and development uh, department, which is always trying to develop new varieties that so superior characteristics. So the farmers that are growing the crops get advantages of increased yield, maybe disease resistance, insect resistance, a number of different other things. Um, those new varieties are coming in underneath those existing varieties at any one point in time. The challenge that you always have is that you can do lots of testing to bring in new product to the market, uh, but it's not until that product is in the marketplace that you can really confidently know how it will perform. So in answer to your question, we may bring through multiple uh, varieties or new varieties uh, right up to the point of commercialisation. And at that point, for one reason or another, we will stop. So, you know, we plan for that and, and we make sure that we've got the right amount or the right inventory levels to be able to accommodate that. So you, what you're really saying is that although you're testing for new products into the market, you have to make sure that those products are not products that are going to destroy your business are not going to lose you too much money. Obviously, there is some time spent on that, so there is some money that that is being spent that might not be recuperated in terms of sales, but you have to make sure it's not too big a chunk that it's going to destroy the business itself. So you're planning to make sure there isn't a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. I think planning is is the key. I wouldn't really consider a supply issue like that uh, is not really a crisis unless it's to the point where you can't supply a market. So if you've got maybe five or six products in, in a marketplace, and you may be short of one for whatever reason. If you can provide others to the market, you'll prevent a shortfall or a crisis, if you like. So from our internal business point of view, we want to make sure that we've got adequate supply uh, to be able to, to cover market needs. Now, the tricky bit is that um, we may have a 12-month lead time for a particular product to increase it for a market demand. So if there's a, a new demand for a certain product that is unexpected, there is a time delay before you can actually supply that. So um, we do things to circumnavigate that. So we have a number of different areas where we produce seed throughout Australia and, in fact, throughout the world so that we can deliver seed for 12 months of the year into our processing facility rather than just have uh, one delivery time. So, uh, you know, as you would be aware, um, crops are either summer crops or winter crops. So, so sorghum being a summer crop, it would be typical if we grew it round here in near Toowoomba here, 
that we could probably deliver finished product to our, our processing plant here in December. The issue that we have, of course, is that we're selling to the, to the summer market anywhere from around about now through to February during the year. So we're delivering as we're selling. So the marketing team have, have really got a bit of a challenge on their hands in trying to estimate how much they're going to, to sell and, and the supply team is trying to meet that estimation of sales. Now, if we only had that one opportunity, we would either be high or low. It would be a real challenge to be bang on. So if sales increase more than we expected, we're obviously going to have a shortfall for the summer produced seeds. So what we do is we actually increase summer crops in the far north of Australia so that we're delivering in anywhere from sort of August through to November. So by, by doing that, we're getting uh, supply from more than one location at any one point in time. So there's lots of diversification going on there, Des. There's diversification in terms of the products that you're offering so that you're not just, you don't just have all your eggs in one basket, as it were. There's diversification in terms of the delivery time so you can stagger your delivery of products to different purchases. And there's diversification in terms of where you're getting it from. So you can supply seed, you're saying, a, a, a further later in the year or earlier in the year by, by getting it from different geographical areas so that you then diversify the length of time that you can, you can offer different seeds to, to clients. So the key is diversification. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's balanced. I mean, it's got to be tempered, in fact. I mean, the cold, hard reality of business is that you really need to be um, maximising your margins. So depending on where you source your product from, it will affect the final cost of goods. So in, in, in turn, affect your margins. So, you know, you might be able to produce a product for a value in a particular location that is cheaper than another location, but we might make a conscious decision to move some of the production to a dearer location just to cover ourselves and ensure that we don't have a shortfall. Or, you know, I mean, you could consider that a, a, a crisis, I guess, but, you know, we try and avoid those shortfalls or at least put something in place that will cover off. Now, it does reduce our margins, but it prevents, it prevents that. It's like an insurance policy. Have you ever seen crises or even nearly avoided crises in your seed industry um, that you can reflect on now for the audience? I was just thinking, um, I'll share a little story if that's all right. Um, so in terms of crises for a business, personally, I try and keep it in perspective. Many, many years ago, when I was a lot younger than what I am now, uh, my wife uh, unexpectedly had our son some 10 weeks early. And I'll never forget this as long as I live because it was quite a dramatic thing. Uh, she had to go into hospital. Uh, there was doctors there in which she had to have an emergency caesarean to save both herself and our son. They were calm and when they were with my wife and son outside the room there was you know a little bit of chaos and whatnot subsequent to that uh my son had to 
get taken uh, to a special intensive care place for children and he was incubated. And inside that place, there were a lot of babies that were in precarious situations, our son being one of those. And they were being monitored. There was monitors everywhere. There were alarms going off. It was quite scary would be would be the, a word I would use for, for us as parents walking in there looking at our little fellow. The nurses and the doctors that were walking around ICU were calm. There was a quietness about them and an efficiency about them. And they were working in an environment which I would call an absolute crisis. There were kids in there that were uh, in, in danger. To those people in there, I couldn't help but thinking about it. They were approaching everything in a calm and methodical way, and it was their job. I was in there thinking this is an absolute crisis. Like there's kids here that are all sorts of things. There's alarms going off. So when you talk about a crisis in business, I think the first thing that I try and do is just keep it in perspective. A crisis for not supplying a product or having a product recall is definitely a crisis for a business. There's no question about it, but mostly it's manageable and you can work your way through it. So I think most of us in business, from my perspective, it's just nice to be able to step back and keep it uh, keep it in perspective. In terms of sharing an experience, um, we've had a, an experience just recently where we did some testing on some seed that we'd released to the marketplace and, and found out that there could have been a quality issue with it. So we made a decision that we would like to recall that seed. So there was a, a, some seed out in the marketplace, um, very little of it being sold, but we made a decision that we would recall that seed. So we went to the marketplace quite quickly We'd had this experience a number of years ago, and one of the things that we found out during that crisis was that it was difficult to find where the seed had gone. So we had processes developed during since that time that allowed us to identify where the product was in the marketplace. So we were able to quickly identify where it was and recall the product. We also were in a fortunate position where we were able to meet our customers' needs with some um, replacement products. So we had a, a two-fold approach to that. Yes, it was a crisis to the business, but the thing that um, I think what, that was important about that was we were able to go to the marketplace quickly. So we had a plan in place that we could manage the crisis and we could identify where it was and recall it, and we were open with the marketplace. I think all of that was, you know, a bit of a, a positive in a, in a dire situation for the business, if you like. Is there an issue in that circumstance with reputation management, as well as just the management of getting a replacement seed and, and, and so forth, that you might have a situation where a client thinks, uh, here's a company that delivers seed which is no good or, or so forth. Absolutely. There's no question about that. I think the quicker and, and the more accurate information that you can provide, the better it is for all concerned. So hesitating or thinking, oh, it's not so bad, we'll just forget about this or um, letting a situation develop regardless of what you're talking about, I think is a flawed strategy. 
Uh, I think a much better approach is being very open and honest. Communication is very, very quick. There's a lot of social media. Uh, I think if you trip up or you or you don't do something that could be, or, or you do do something that could be considered um, not unethical, but you know, could have been handled better. I mean, everybody knows about it very quickly. So I think the approach of trying to uh, address an issue as quickly as possible, being as open as possible. I mean, that's sometimes challenging in business, but I think being as open as possible and being well prepared is 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 the key to handling it. So, Des, how do you go about reframing a crisis like having to recall seed to be something that's positive, positive for growth, and maybe even changes the way that your clients may think about a crisis like that. I was saying before that they might think that you're a business they can't rely on if you have to recall seed, but how do you reframe that to tell them that you are a business they can rely on because you're always going to be looking after them? Yeah, so there's two two aspects to that. There's an internal aspect and an external aspect. So let me just touch on the internal part of it first. From a leadership team point of view in our business, and I think most businesses, you want to encourage a culture where people feel empowered to bring potential issues to light. If employees or staff are feeling that they their job security might be threatened, they might get yelled at or belittled or, or there's an unpleasant experience about bringing forward a potentially small issue, you've really got a cultural issue. If you can encourage people to put their hand up, let's face it, we all make mistakes. If someone can put a hand up when there's a mistake early in the piece, it allows management a situation to be managed well. So the earlier that everybody hears or learns about a potential issue, the better, in my view. It's creating a learning environment and, and one where people feel empowered that they could actually put their hand up and say, listen, I think we've made an error or we think there's a potential problem looming. Then we can use that as a learning process. What did we, what did we learn by that? What can we put in place that will help the business going forward in the future to either prevent that issue happening or mitigate it? So it, you could turn what is definitely a negative into a positive with the right approach. So there's a bit of a, there's a learning that can be had from an internal point of view there. So I think that's the first thing. So, um, you know, that culture part of it is very, very important. The second part of it is an external point of view. So um, being honest with your customer and engaging them is, I think, a long-term goal. So you, there might be short-term pain they maybe didn't get what they wanted in the short term, but I think it's very important that we work with our customers. You know your customers and you come out early in the piece and try and work with them and address the issues. And again, it's about a learning experience. What have we got to do to prevent it going forward or mitigate it? So everybody makes mistakes, but let's try and minimise or stop repeat mistakes, I think is probably a bit of a key key component of 
how you would face it and manage it going forward. Des, it's been a really interesting discussion today about how the seed industry works. Would you be able to finish off by giving some advice um, to our students, uh, one piece of advice, if you would, about what you might take to a senior leadership role or a leadership role as they exit university in terms of thinking about how to deal with potential crises? From my perspective, it's about planning. So take the time and actually put aside the time to think about what potentially could happen to create a crisis. So it might be a really simple thing, which could be problematic for the business, like a warehouse fire, you lose all your inventory. So maybe that then makes you think about, well, how do I store, how do I warehouse our product? Do we spread it out? Do we, you know, there's a thousand different strategies we might put in place. So they're they're very simple things that you might be able to do, but at least by thinking about it, you've had the opportunity to address it should that situation develop. There might be more serious things. One of your major um, customers could go into liquidation. All of a sudden, you know, you may have cash flow issues or some other some other effects. So the fact that you can sit down before any of these things happen and then think, now, what can I do or what can I put in place today or straight away that could potentially prevent an issue? And if you can't do that, if the issue develops, what would be our approach in order to reduce the effect of it? So I think one of the one of the major things is actually taking the time to plan for what may happen. I think there's lots of things you can do in leadership to create a culture within a business. And that, and I, I think I was alluding to that before where we were, you know, you want to encourage people to feel empowered to bring potential issues to the management in order for things to be uh, put in place that maybe would fix them. So you need that empowerment. And you also need to be have a leadership team that is strong enough to hold people accountable. So, you know, if you've got responsibility for a certain area, you need to be able to be in a position that you can make sure that those people can actually deliver what they're required to do. So there's a bit of an accountability uh, that needs to be in it as well. I I think there's a few things from a management point of view that, um, or a leadership point of view that you you could implement that might help uh, going forward. Great advice there, Des, that um, one of the most important things is to consider what potentially could happen and to have plans in place, just just as you would and as we all do when it comes to things like fire drills, um, health and safety checks and so forth. But there are such an array of other crises that could potentially take place and to have some sort of forethought in, in that area, some sort of plan is really going to help protect your business and protect your clients and your staff in that environment. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people uh, may stop at a SWOT analysis for a business and think they've actually done the job. But I, what, what I'm really alluding to is there are a lot more things to consider than what you might, might consider in, in a SWOT analysis uh, and get into detail. And that it has to be 
regular, I think you're you're alluding to the fact that this doesn't just happen once a year, that it's something that you reflect on continually throughout the year, maybe weekly, fortnightly, monthly basis. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Des Summers, thank you very much for sharing your time with us on the show today. Not a problem, Daniel. It was my pleasure. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast.